Praise God. Wonderful when God's people are blessed and God helps us, amen, with our needs. Hebrews chapter 12, if you have your Bibles this evening. Hebrews chapter 12. Just as a contrast, I was thinking as, again, Aiden approached me tonight, was telling me about the victories in his life. And as he's sharing that, he said, I just would really love to testify. I said, are you grateful? And he said, I'm very grateful. I don't deserve any of it. And uh, God is faithful. And those are wonderful, wonderful uh, uh, breakthroughs. But again, as a contrast, I want to share with you this article that I read. It's about Christian rapper Toby Mack. He was recently speaking about the outpouring of love that he and his family have received. Now, one month after the tragic death of his oldest son, Truett Foster McKeon. Toby Mack's son passed away about a, a month ago. Says these words, he says, as we enter the week of Thanksgiving, we have something we'd like to share. Such an overwhelming love has surrounded us this last month. We still don't quite know which end is up, but we do know we are loved. Now, as we mourn our firstborn son, God has poured out his love on us through people. He has loved us through you. Your kind acts and words and prayers and thoughts and songs and poems and teachings and gifts and meals and time and expertise and travel have made death bearable. You have been God's light to us in our darkest days, a comfort to our broken hearts. We have experienced family at every layer and every turn, from the closest to those who have loved from a distance. Thank you. Thank you a thousand times over. We are grateful for your gentle and compassionate hearts. It's something we will never forget. Community as it should be, the body at its best, how God must be pleased. Also, we have, uh, uh, we've been encouraging ourselves to stand on this. The place of death is actually where all that we believe is most significant. That God has the power to do what he promised, defeat death, and give life to anyone who believes. So from the valley of the shadow of death, we pray a flood of thankfulness will rise this week. Thankfulness to a kind God who is not afraid. The father of the heavenly lights who shines most beautifully in the darkness and gives us everything we need. In essence, what he's saying is at Thanksgiving, we are choosing to be grateful. Even though this year wasn't what he thought it would be. Even though this last month, his entire world turned upside down, he's making a decision for gratitude. You know, that stood out to me because this is not just something he's doing around Thanksgiving. This attitude has been at work through this whole process. 
Back when Toby Mac's son passed away, he wrote these words. He said, we don't follow God because we have some sort of under-the-table deal with him. Like, we'll follow you if you bless us. We follow God because we love him. It's our honor. He is the God of the hills and the valleys. And he is beautiful above all things. That's an approach, an attitude of gratitude. So where does that come from? That's, that's what has my interest in these articles. Where is that worldview? Where, where does that approach come from? I'll tell you, it comes from a relationship with God. And in the scripture we're going to look at tonight, Paul emphasizes to the church, Paul emphasizes to the, uh, to believers that we serve a God who cannot be shaken. And we are part of a kingdom that cannot be shaking, shaken. And so knowing this, in times of chaos, it produces gratitude. And that's what we're identifying in those words from Toby Mac is an attitude that is focused on gratitude because he knows God. So let's read this. Hebrews 12, verses 28 through 29. Paul describes the incredible miracle of what Jesus did for us. He, he, he you can take the time to read it. It's, it's, Classic, the Apostle Paul, layers of revelation. He can't just make a statement. He has to build it up, you know. Uh, uh, but uh, here he gets to the end. That's the therefore. What's the therefore therefore? For everything he just said that we don't have the time to read. But uh, uh, we're going to look here. Verse 28. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken, let us have grace by which we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. For our God is a consuming fire. Gratitude is the right attitude. And this is uh, an idea we tossed around at the uh, sermon workshop in Israel. This would be the fruit of that. Let's set a foundation. Let's think about the quality of gratitude. This quality, gratitude, it's very rare today. Think about it. If you look at the news, we see headlines that are always pushing these ideas of infighting, slander, hatred, gossip, murder, greed, covetousness, and gratitude is buried beneath layers of all these things. Ingratitude has become the norm. In fact, there's even one news outlet that has an entire section labeled good news, almost as a means of escape from all the bad news and all the ingratitude. We see in society people have become increasingly conditioned to an entitlement mentality. Where if you don't get what you want, then pitch a fit. There's a lot of adult fits today. 
right? If you don't get what you want, uh, when you want it, how you want it, well then riot, well then protest, well then demand, uh, 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 right? Uh, a slanderous report, etc., etc. But this issue of ingratitude is actually a mark of the last days. Second Timothy 3 and verse 2, Paul writes and says, People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful. This is a mark of the end times. The character quality of gratitude has slowly faded away. And sometimes, gratitude can even be viewed as a weakness, right? This idea, you're not going to get anywhere in life unless you make some noise, right? In other words, uh, don't settle. But let's be honest tonight because in America, we have every reason to be grateful, One of our pastors at the sermon workshop, a pastor in Page, Arizona, he shared the story about being in Phoenix, Arizona. I believe it was for a men's rally, but nonetheless, he took an Uber ride and his Uber ride came and the driver was from Iraq. And as he got into the car, he noticed a huge sticker inside the car that read in bold letters, I love America. So he asked them, do you really love America? He said, yes, I do. So he said, just out of interest, I asked him, why? Why do you love America? And he said he began to spill out reason after reason of why this is such a great nation to live in, a great nation to work in, a great nation to worship in. Right, it's too often we are hearing, and especially right now, just uh, the political arena and the political climate and all that happens in Washington. Uh, we are hearing too often why this isn't a great nation and why we have so little to be grateful for. But tonight, it's the very opposite. Let's consider some of the blessings we have tonight. Number one, we have the Incredible opportunity to assemble as a group of people and worship God. There are churches, uh, underground churches right now in our fellowship all throughout China that can't outwardly profess their Christianity. We have churches uh, all throughout the world in different areas where this uh, is something that can't uh, happen. What we have right now is a freedom. It's a blessing. It's something to be grateful for. My father-in-law, when he was in uh, Rwanda... As he's there in Rwanda, they, uh, because of the genocide, he was actually accused of, uh, uh, you know, trying to propagate another genocide, you know, as a whole thing. But nonetheless, they actually got shut down and he could not have church. 
And they made a law while he was there. If 10 or more people gathered, they had to get approval from the government. So we're talking about an opportunity. We have the opportunity and the, and the blessing to worship tonight. We have the opportunity to own and read a Bible. We so take that for granted. Some of you are like, I don't even know if I have one. Get the app. You'll have it always. Right? But we have the opportunity. We have the opportunity to outreach. We have the opportunity to, to street preach, to evangelize, to go door to door. We live in a nation of excellency. Where there's excellent things and people strive for the best. We have opportunity. There's entrepreneurship at work. We live in a, a, a clean nation. We are financially blessed. There are numbers of helps. Right? If you fall on hard times, thank God there's an opportunity for help. That's not everywhere. And all of that's been provided by freedom. So there is much to be grateful for. There's a quote that says, Gratitude makes sense of our past, brings peace for today, and creates vision for tomorrow. Gratitude will change how you look at yesterday. Gratitude will really calm your nerves today. And gratitude will give you hope for tomorrow. Let's think secondly about gratitude must be expressed. So gratitude requires responsibility. There is duty connected to it. Gratitude operates the best when it's flowing in our lives. When gratitude isn't flowing in life, we begin to see life as stagnant. It begins to get polluted. It begins to get uh, corrupt or impure. Uh, just like a body of water. If water simply sets, it harbors all kinds of nastiness, right? Uh, but when water is flowing, uh, when there is movement, when there is stirring, it is clean, it is pure, and that is gratitude, it operates best when it flows through us. Our uh, gratitude, uh, our gratitude approach, our mentality, our attitude uh, uh, should also grow and develop. Gratitude should increase as we maintain that posture. As Pastor Paul Stevens, who made the comment uh, as we were talking about this, he said, the longer I am saved, the more grateful I have become in salvation. The longer I'm saved, the more grateful I, be I, uh, I'm, I am for our fellowship. The longer I'm saved, the more grateful I am in life. That's a flow of gratitude. That's the growth of gratitude. So, gratitude is meant to be expressed. 
It's when we express it that it's able to flow through us. It's when we express it that it continually begins to grow. This is uh, uh, referencing the book, uh, The Gratitude Diaries. It alludes to this idea of flow and growth. And it says that when you start to write things down to be grateful for, and the author's talking about their own experience, he said, at first it was oddly difficult and awkward. Isn't that interesting? You know, because we, you'll realize just how ungrateful you are if you try to sit down right now and write some things you are grateful for. Um, I'm grateful for McDonald's. Yeah, it's like, what? You know, people come up with the most silly things sometimes, but because it's not there. Gratitude's not flowing. Gratitude's not growing. And so here, uh, uh, it's, it's, Oddly difficult, even awkward, but as you begin to discipline yourself to gratitude, she says, it's, for, we go from three things to identify, and the difficulty of that, and it turns into pages of gratitude. Because it's flowing and growing. Not only that, we know fl- uh, flow of gratitude in life will actually change you. Physiologically, it will change you. Mentally, it will change you. Your disposition is different. You'll live longer, data shows. Because gratitude is meant to be expressed. And that is what tomorrow is all about. Expressing gratitude. The expression of gratitude. So gratitude expressed is actually a biblical idea, right? I I referenced a few things there from gratitude diaries, but, you know, Pastor Greg spoke about that when he did the, the series. He said, science and mental health wellness has finally caught up with the Bible because the Bible's talked about this for thousands of years. God intends for us to express Gratitude. So if we look back at our text in Hebrews uh, 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 chapter 12, verse 28, it says in there, let us have grace. That is dealing with our life approach. That's dealing with how we view life, how we process life, how we navigate through it. Let us have Grace, New Living Translation says, let us be thankful. ESV says, therefore, let us be grateful. The BSB says, let us be filled with gratitude. The NAS says, let us show gratitude. NHE says, let us give thanks. All of those are the expression of gratitude. God intends for us to express it. Psalms 100, 1 through 5 is the psalm of gratitude. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us. We are his. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. 
and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name. For the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever and his faithfulness to all generations. That is the, an expression of gratitude. You know, we, we have that opportunity every week to come and express gratitude to God. First Thessalonians 5.18, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Here expressing gratitude is the calling of every believer, for this is the Will of God. See, we're called as Christians to be grateful people. Ephesians 5 and verse 20, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So, all of this tells us that for the Christian, gratitude ought to be a central focus in life and salvation. The Bible is filled with illustrations on gratitude. And we read about them. You read about the leper, right? Jesus cleanses and heals ten lepers, but one came back to say thank you. And the Bible records that. You have the woman with the alabaster box uh, as she comes and breaks that precious oil, uh, that costly oil on Jesus. Uh, and Judas uh, speaks up, hey, what a waste. We could have sold that and used it for something greater. But Jesus said, no, no, you don't understand. She's expressing gratitude because whoever has been forgiven much loves much. It's an expression of gratitude. We have the demoniac of the Gadarenes uh, as he is uh, healed and restored and put in his right mind. Uh, as he wants to go with Jesus, uh, Jesus says, well, stay and tell the people the compassion you received. And he did that in, in the region of Decapolis, these ten cities. He expressed gratitude to God for what he did in his life. We read about Noah. Noah sacrifices to God after the flood, and it's an expression of gratitude. Solomon's great giving at the dedication of the temple. God, would you inhabit this place? And it's a great offering, an expression of gratitude. Another quote reads, thankfulness is the beginning of gratitude. Gratitude is the completion of thankfulness. And thankfulness may consist merely of words. Gratitude is shown in acts. This is where this stems. It's flowing and growing and it's meant to be expressed. So let's close. Let's think about the blessing of gratitude. So blessing flows from the presence of gratitude. Number one, because it's something that God, he is pleased with. God is pleased with grateful people. Secondly, he has built into creation that this quality of gratitude 
It's going to produce good results in life. Psalms 95 and verse 2, let us come into his presence with thanksgiving. You know, when you come into the presence of God with thanksgiving, you'll get a lot more out of the service. You'll get a lot more out of salvation. So let's think about the practical blessings of gratitude. Number one, we know and have seen, again, science catching up with the Bible. But one of the practical blessings of gratitude is your physical health. Grateful people, their bodies function in working order. You see here, your worldview can impact your physical health. Right? People who are stressed... People who are bitter, people who are ungrateful, sometimes it's often you'll see they aren't healthy. Pastor Mitchell often says this saying, it's not always what you're eating, but what's eating you. Some people say, it's not, it's not. So much the carbs or the sugars. It's not so much, you know, the, the processed versus organic. You know, it's what's eating you. Bitterness, unforgiveness, ingratitude. Your body can't differentiate the difference between a current problem or a memory. A painful memory. All it knows is cortisol, the stress hormone, is being released. And all it knows is fight or flight is activated. And in the long term, to live in a constant state of adrenaline is going to negatively impact your health. It's going to negatively impact. So gratitude is an answer. To what we're talking about. Secondly, gratitude, what flows from this is uh, 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 your mental health. Gratitude unlocks supernatural peace, joy, and comfort of your mind. As I read there at the beginning, Toby Mack's words are detailing peace during crisis. Peace during chaos. And it comes back to our text is he knows I am inheriting a kingdom that can't be shaken. In life, I might be taken by surprise, but God never is taken by surprise. And I have confidence in him. I have confidence about the situation, about the future. You know, that really helps your mental stability. How you process life, how you process situations, traumas, and crisis. Gratitude will greatly help your mental health. Secondly, it helps because when we are in relationship with God, it is incredibly wonderful to know that you have peace with God. That you are forgiven that you are right with God. And that brings a gratitude. Right? Thank, there's some people here. 
There might be people still mad at you for things you've done, but God forgave you. Isn't that wonderful? Isn't that wonderful? Is that God forgave you. And so here, because we have, we are right with God and we're grateful for the forgiveness of sin. Again, that brings peace to our mind. Lastly, is in gratitude and salvation, we have the comfort of the Holy Ghost. We're talking about a supernatural covering that brings an overwhelming peace and confidence in life. We're talking about mental stability through gratitude. Finally, then, is we have spiritual health. Spiritual health. We have the eternal life of Jesus Christ at work in us, and that unlocks an observable grace. An observable grace that God would overshadow our lives. Genesis 12, I will bless those who bless you. Is the promise. That's our inheritance. Proverbs 10, 22. The blessing of the Lord makes rich. And he adds no sorrow with it. Man, what an incredible promise we have. And a thing we can be grateful for is salvation gives our life value and worth. And it gives eternity value and worth that we're living for something greater. And we, with great expectation, look forward to seeing Jesus. So gratitude really is transcendent. That no matter what you're going through right now, you can be grateful. And no matter what you've gone through in life, you can be grateful. Those are choices. As Toby Mac said, and again, he's choosing gratitude in crisis. As he said one month ago, he is the God of the hills and the valleys. And he is beautiful above all things. There's a wide range of people here tonight. A wide range of possible circumstances that you might be dealing with. But tomorrow you can choose to be grateful. Tonight you can choose to be grateful. Tonight, you can make an altar of gratitude and say, God, I'm choosing to focus on you. I'm choosing to focus on the joys of salvation. And I'm choosing to find the blessings in my life. Whether you're on the hilltop tonight or you're down in the valley, you can be grateful. Amen. Let's have every head bowed, every eye closed tonight. Before we pray tonight, I just want to extend an invitation for salvation. You're here. Perhaps your heart is not right with God. Your sins, they're not forgiven. You do not have the assurance that you would make heaven your home. But tonight, God would be dealing with you. God would be stirring and tugging on your heart calling you to salvation, calling you uh, uh, to forgiveness of sin. You can have a new start and a new life tonight. Uh, tonight, as we're here and as we're assembled, 
I want to give you the opportunity to receive Jesus Christ into your heart. To experience the joy of salvation, the peace and the comfort that I'm ta- I've talked about here tonight. Uh, for you to experience the joy, uh, inexpressible, the hope of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Uh, that's available for you right now. And I wonder how many there be you say, Pastor, I am not saved. I'm not born again. But I want to be right with God. I want to receive his atoning sacrifice. I'm going to apply it to my life tonight. You want to be saved? You want to be born again? Would you lift your hand? How many would there be? Left to right, front to back. Man, woman, boy or girl. You'd lift it high where I can see it. Maybe you're backslidden. At one time you knew the love of God. One time you were right with God. But right now, maybe the very issue of ingratitude. You began to become cynical and critical. And selfish and self-centered and ungrateful. And it turned your heart away from the things of God. Tonight you can be right. You can be born again. Jesus offers forgiveness. There's room, amen, for the backslider. God is faithful. He is merciful. He is gracious. I want to have there be unsaved or backslidden. Pastor, I want to be forgiven tonight. You'd lift your hand. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Speaking of believers then. Preach tonight along the lines of gratitude, thanksgiving tomorrow. And perhaps this evening, there are the great testimonies, the victories, the mountaintops. And there's much to be grateful for. There's much to be give God praise for. There's much to, to rejoice, as the Bible says, rejoice with those who rejoice. And you're going to choose to be grateful because God has responded to the needs. But maybe tonight you're in the valley. Like the words we read of this long-term Christian and long-term father. Down in the valley, life over the last month took a turn that he never expected. Took a turn that he never saw coming, but he said... We're going to choose to be grateful. That we're going to pray that this week a flood of thankfulness overflows us. Tonight there's some, maybe you're in the valley or you've been focusing on the valley issues. The low points, the low things. What I don't have, what hasn't happened, what didn't happen, what wasn't said, what wasn't done. What should have been, what hasn't been. No, but I'm going to choose to be grateful. Because we serve a God whose kingdom cannot be shaken. And we are inheriting a kingdom that cannot be shaken. So whether you're in the valley or on the mountaintop, the end is the same result. Eternal life. Victory. It's not the end of the story, but our whole attitude, our whole approach can make the difference. This altar is established for eyes of gratitude. Eyes of thankfulness. A heart of gratitude. God's involvement in our lives, for His sacrifice, for every blessing, great or small. And of course, for the greatest salvation, the forgiveness of sin. That God so loved you. Thank you. 
Thank you. These altars are open tonight. We let's stand together. If God has spoken to you, if God has dealt with you uh, tonight, amen. Build an altar, an altar of gratitude, uh, a place of memorial. God, I'm going to choose to be grateful. Remind me, God, in those moments when I am ungrateful. Stir me, uh, uh, provoke my thoughts towards the blessings, towards the, the wonderful grace you've shown me. Gratitude is the right attitude tonight. Amen as we sing. God, I thank you for every blessing, Lord, that you've placed us in this wonderful nation, God, that we've had the opportunity to live here. God, I thank you for where you've placed us in salvation, our fellowship, God, the vision of what we're part of, Lord. Let us not take it for granted. God, I'm grateful, Lord, for our congregation. Lord, our church, our city, our area, Father God. I know and I'm confident of a great harvest, a revival, Father God. Let's give God praise tonight, Lord, we thank and worship you. Father God, we enthrone and magnify your great name.